0: Welcome to the Mary D. Show. I'm your host, Mary D., here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete. I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful, and joy-filled life now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show today. I am super excited to bring you today's guest. Today's guest is Jennifer Pellerin, and her journey in the world of film has been a remarkable one. She not only adapted, directed, and served as the executive producer of The Walking Shadow of Danny O'Shea, but also honed her skills under the mentorship of renowned screenwriter Mark Miller, known for box office hits like A Walk in the Clouds and Savannah Smiles. This apprenticeship spanned a decade, providing her with invaluable insights into the craft. Currently, Jennifer is a driving force behind three exciting projects in the realm of television and film. Her commitment to these ventures reflects her unwavering dedication to pushing the boundaries of storytelling and cinematic innovation. Beyond her cinematic pursuits, Jen wears multiple hats. She is the creative director here at Mad Love Agency, and she also serves as a practice management advisor for New Law Business Model. Jen's belief in the transformation power of film is at the core of her creative journey. She views film as a potent tool for inspiring greatness, nurturing compassion, expanding knowledge, and empowering individuals. To her, it all starts with a captivating story. She sees well-crafted films as catalysts for change, capable of making a significant impact on countless lives. They can turn dreams into reality and replace despair with hope and provide solace to wounded souls. She firmly believes that film is not just an art form, it is a healing art. It has the potential to heal the spirit, challenge perceptions, and unite audiences in shared experiences. The world she is creating is one where oceans are clean, animals are treated with compassion, and pressing global issues like sex slavery, world hunger have been absolved, and finally that there's plenty for everyone, because there is. Jennifer sees film, music, art, and authentic self-expression as vehicles to manifest these dreams into reality, and every day she dedicates herself to making this vision a reality utilizing an over 22-year mindset and spiritual practice. Through her unwavering commitment and the Film Forward Network, she aspires to empower storytellers to share their narratives and collectively dream a better world into existence. So again, please welcome my special guest, co-founder, Film Forward LLC and creative director for us here at Mad Love, Jen Pellerin.
1: Jen, thanks for being on today. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. I love you so much. And your podcast is my absolute favorite, I just have to say. And it's not because I'm biased, because it's really literally my favorite. I want to go
0: back and talk about your history in filmmaking. At what point did you know or decide that you wanted to be a creative in the film industry?
1: I grew up as an actress. On stage, I did many plays. So I'd say the creative storytelling part of me, five years old. I made the decision and auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Pasadena and got accepted, but I was not able to attend, even though I got accepted, which was a really big bummer. But then I really gave it a go and moved to LA about 22 years old. And started auditioning and taking professional acting classes at all the you know the good spots in LA, and I decided acting wasn't for me. And I was about 31 years old when I wrote my first screenplay called Get a Life, and it was about the paparazzi frenzy stuff. I called it The Wizard of Oz Meets Hollywood. It got a lot of play; a lot of people read it. It got in front of Nick Casavetti's team at Fine Arts Entertainment, which was great. And I knew that I had an edge as a writer. It was the first time I ever really felt like I, I had a voice. And I just wasn't trusting it yet, you know? And, and to be here, I mean, to be able to trust it, which I do now. So I would say it was 31 when I really found my niche as a creative
0: when we talk about trusting ourselves or trusting our voice, what are some of the tools or the things that showed up for you that helped you trust your
1: voice? I might cry on this one. <laughs> Tears are welcome here. I lost my mom, as you know, in January. And through the process, I started writing a lot. And she started speaking back to me. And she would tell me when I would want to know something, I hear her voice inside say. Go right. You trust yourself when you write. And so I just started and I wouldn't stop. I think at 51 years old is when I'm really learning to trust my voice. I guess I'm a late bloomer. This is that moment where I really have leaned in and I feel confident in all that learning that's transferred from the practice of what I've done all these years. I've been front row to watching
0: you transmute so much of that grief into inspiration. And so I think it's, it really is a gift and that there's some healing in it. You know, it leads me to think about some of our listeners today of those of you that are going through any kind of grief in your life, whether it's the loss of someone you love or the loss of maybe it's a career, maybe it's a loss of, you know, someone else that's significant in your life. But whatever loss you're going through, that being able to create an outlet for it creatively can be a really beautiful way to heal. I know that for myself it's definitely in writing as well. I'm a I journal a lot and have written a couple books and i um, continue to work on my own other books. And so much of that brings out healing because it's like we get to take whatever's bottled up inside or floating around or tucked in a corner and we get to bring it all up and express it in whatever way that feels great. You know, I'm watching someone like you who can screen write and make films and you could take all those things and put them into a story and share them with the world. And some of them are your personal stories. They're just adjusted a little bit to make them work for the screen. In the same way, musicians take music and they get inspired. Why do we have great love songs? Because hello, we have a bunch of Leos in the world that are probably creative artists because they're the lovingest ones, I think, in the astrological realm. And they're out there, you know, loving everyone so fully. They just love love. And so they express for the rest of us what we may not be able to put into words because they feel so deeply and then express it out in this beautiful you know, musical tones or poems that the rest of the world get to experience and share. And I think that's the gift. The gift is taking our pain as well as our joy and putting them into words that we sing or into a story that we have someone play out and act. And that's how we get to to let those memories live on and we get to process whatever we're going through and I'll obviously use it to also inspire other people as they understand how to feel the feelings or that they get to relive what those feelings feel like if they've felt them before or maybe they get an inkling into what it's like to feel that way if they've never felt that way so thank you for being a creative expression for the universe
1: thank you Most beautiful feeling in the world to create honestly it's the highest yeah. height inside, one can soar like it's touching the divine.
0: Yes, yes, I think it's one of the most beautiful gifts God gave us is the fact that we can really take an idea or a feeling and create something out of it into something bigger. That we can take pain and also use that to transform it into something that's positive or into a story or into an advocacy. I think there's just so many beautiful ways around that. I want to think about you talking about you know, having a film school for kids that are autistic, how you can cater to that and how you can come in and say, hey, there's a gift here. And I have the patience and the willingness to also go, how do we help this niche of creatives get their work and their beauty out into the world too? Because everyone's voice deserves to be heard. So I think that's really beautiful. So thanks
1: for the work that you do, Jen. Thank you. They're the true lovers. They lead with their hearts. I have a nephew that's autistic. He fully leads with his heart. And you know what I love about my brother and his wife? They get it. They let him lead with his heart. They really have embraced it and let him be their guide, which is magical. You think about it.
0: I love your passion for what you want to do in the world when it comes to our oceans and also sex slavery. That's such a big topic. When it comes to those topics in general, like what is it that drives your passion behind those two things, those two causes?
1: Just knowing that, you know, I have a nine-year-old niece, Khaleesi, that I absolutely am madly in love with. She's amazing. And my nephew too, that's autistic, like just that innocence and just wanting to do whatever I can or bring whatever I can or bring whatever forgiveness I can even to the situation bring whatever lights that can come through me to others to the situation because of my love for children like I love children and animals so much and I feel like we're all striving to get back to that innocence and unconditional love after all the years of programming and there are teachers and I want to honor that to the best of my ability and that's Why I wrote that, and I am involved in a project that kind of addresses a little bit of that right now. And I feel very proud of that.
0: If I were someone who is new to A Course in Miracles and it's something that I want to start
1: studying, where would I start? That's the best question in the world. And I get that question like at least once a week because people want me to teach them. And because I've studied it, it's like reading a different language. So I would say head right over to YouTube and go to Robin Duncan. That's R-O-B-I-N-D-U-N-C-A-N because she breaks it down. I don't want to diminish her work, but it's like the Cliff Notes version, but it's powerful. She'll go on chapter one and go on like one subject on chapter one, and it opens up the whole chapter to you. She and her husband have like a global thing that they do for every chapter and her course, The Ego's Playbook, I was gifted that by her. She's just wonderful. She gave it to me when my mom went in the hospital, and that course saved me through my mom's hospital journey and her passing and my dad's broken heart syndrome, heart attack. Like I have done almost every lesson, and it just has transformed me. I see everything different because of that. So she is the best when it comes to never having studied it before. If you want the best guide, she's the best guide, in my opinion. She really helped me even after 22 years. Like It just opened up a whole new world for me.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I heard people liken it to like,
0: oh, it's like trying to read the King James version of the Bible. It can be just a little old Englishy and just complicated in some ways. And at the same time, when people can get in there and actually study it, they're like, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. (laughs) This is really opening some doors and portals for me. And I just go, okay, so there's a balance in there somewhere. And I love that Robin has broken it down in a way that's easy to digest because I think that's what keeps a lot of people from diving into those things sometimes.
1: So yeah, that may be my And, you know, just read it anyway because it brings peace as you read it. Even if you don't understand it, that's how I started. I didn't have YouTube. I didn't have Robin Duncan when I started 22 years ago. I just kept reading it and kept practicing it. And it starts to unfold, you know, even if you don't understand it, even the person that channeled it said, even if you don't, just keep reading it. It will work through you. The vibration of the
0: work. I think it's the vibration of the work and the words my experience with you, there's been so many times where you've mentioned when something is a miracle and you draw from the book. And it's always been a lot of fun for me on this end to go, oh, okay, like someone actually wrote a book on this. Someone has gone before me that already also knows this feeling that I'm living or this feeling that I'm doing or this philosophy that I framework that I live by or believe by. And that's been really comforting too, because then I go, okay, good. I'm not the... Not the only one in the world that this has happened to or that believes this or thinks this. And it's really been validating for me in my own process. So I appreciate you being the bridge to that gap in so many really beautiful ways. You know, I love that you are actually the first ears on every show. And so people should know that. And I appreciate you so much. I am just tickled to have you on the team and you're so talented and you're so appropriate to have on as a guest as someone who not just, you know, is in the background doing amazing work here, but also just in your life. It's just how you live it. And I think that there are so many beautiful resonant things that I would love to be able to share with people. You know, one, for example, is the fact that you know how to do lineage clearings and ancestral clearings. And I think some people are curious about what is an ancestral clearing and others are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What in the world is that? And then others might have a dabble
1: or an idea. Tell me, what
0: is an ancestral clearing?
1: The ancestral clearing is the study of epigenetics. So I think the best way to give you a metaphor in that would be when we think of heart disease running in the family, a pattern of heart disease. So the key word is pattern. So going deeper into the pattern of thoughts that we hold on to, they get stored in our cellular memory, in our organs, because we were in fight or flight or freezer fawn and left our body and didn't allow ourselves to feel the traumatic experience that happened. And so an ancestral clearing can affect not only the experience that happened maybe when we were six years old or maybe five lifetimes ago, if you believe in that, I believe it's all happening past present and future simultaneously because we are multidimensional beings. So I see it all as clearing like the grid of when I learned to meditate transcendental meditation the Maharishi back in 1995 I learned that there's like this grid where all this stuff gets stored and actually my aunt Jenna started doing TM and had been on heart medication her entire life. And after a year of TM, her doctor said, I don't know what you're doing, but you don't need to take this heart medication anymore. So think of it in line with that, clearing the grid of all these beliefs our ancestors have held onto that we have adopted ourselves unknowingly, that we've made an agreement to. And so I feel like the first step is going in and feeling it because we have to feel it. To heal it. And most people are afraid to feel it's scary. It was scary for me. Yeah, so true. So true. That's
0: why a lot of times when people do have any kind of trauma or even those that are laid deep into our DNA, that's the reason that they are in those modes of flight or freeze and why those things that are unprocessed stay stuck. And then they just end up making their way into the next person. And I think one of the easier ways to maybe break it down for some of you folks that are like, wait, what is this? Think about generationally how you see patterns. So when you see a generational pattern, there are some things that we all find natural, right? Like if every guy in the family has the same nose, right? That's a very physical feature, but it's also passed down from your ancestry. The same is with certain fears, with alcoholism. There's been a lot of studies around alcoholism and how that can also be passed down. Our genes just don't forget. And so if you want to think of it that way also. And then there's others that I find are a little more mystical. One that I'll give everyone an example of are there's been accounts of like children who will say, oh, I remember you. And they'll bring up something from the past from before the child existed. And so it's like, how would this child that's five years old know about something that happened 20 years ago between me and, you know, my uncle? But maybe there's something there energetically, ancestrally, and metaphysically. So some things can't be explained. And that's one of them. And that's one of the areas I love to venture in a little bit, because I think the ancestral piece of it gives a lot of validity to it. And obviously the fact that people can be healed from it and can also advocate in their family. And I think this is one thing that's really important to share with listeners, too, is, you know, we all have the ability to break those bonds that we see happen in our families, in the patterns. In my family, it's like not talking about sex. Woo, so taboo. It's bringing out some of the topics that we just didn't cover as being a more conservative than Christian Asian family. And now it's like, you could still be those things if you need to be those things. And let's have conversations about this because I'd rather be having conversations around birth control. We can talk about safe sex. We can talk about just sex in general, that it's healthy and it's good. And it doesn't have to be some like scary thing that people don't talk about. And Jen, I do wanna mention this too, as we move forward, because you have such vast wisdom in so many things. I wanna share with everyone that Jen has done clearings for me and my family. And it is amazing work. If you have any interest, I highly recommend that you tap her for it. She is multifaceted and she's just such a beautiful spiritual spirit that I think you will get such healing from it. I don't know anyone that walks away from one of those sessions that isn't just feeling healed and revived. So thank you for that work that you do in the world and that I've been so graciously able to receive it.
1: Well, thank you, Mary. It's been healing for me or clearing for me to work with you Mm -hmm. as it is for you. We're all one. Yes, we are. Yes, we are.
0: So Jen, tell me, because there's so many ways we can go with this, So, I'm going to let you pick which topic that you feel most led to on this call, knowing that's the value that you're going to bring to the people that are listening today. And the question I have for you is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger, before you ever really started tapping into the spiritual work?
1: Such a great question. I think the first thing that I wish I had known was that choosing to be happy, even if I don't understand what that's supposed to look like over being right about something, is the key to freedom and happiness. There are times when we tell ourselves stories. I am infamous for letting my ego run amuck in my head, and I've gotten really, really, disciplined and good about catching it and asking. So an example would be if I feel like someone I love is ignoring me, then my process is I forgive myself for having that thought because God loves me and God loves everybody and God would not will that unhappiness for any of us. But what we don't realize or what I didn't realize was that I'm responsible for when I see it, and how I see it. So if I put the same story on, let's say, my brother, like he doesn't call me back and I keep putting that story on him, he's going to keep mirroring that back to me because I'm creating that inside. So. My human design is manifesting generator, and my incarnation cross is the right angle cross of service, which it means serving at scale. So the message at scale here is that at scale, what would happen, and this is how it ties into Phil, what would happen if we started putting different stories out in the world? The Ascended Master, St. Germain, I've studied the I Am Discourses for about 15 years now as well states that if our media reported only good news for seven days and that's all we were fed our planet would be completely different in that short amount of time and when I read that 15 years ago it was like what kind of stories am I telling and that goes really deep down the rabbit hole what kind of stories are we telling because it's not just what we say it's what we're thinking It's the inner dialogue that's everything. And so forgiveness is the key to that. And forgiveness just simply means seeing it in a different light. A way to do that is instead of the way that we normally would choose to respond or react to a situation, how I got started was I would write down three different situations and I would pick the one that was the most peaceful. And then I would ask the Holy Spirit to decide for me instead because I want to be happy over being right. Then when we step aside and let go, and get out of the way, and don't interfere, that's where the miracle happens, which is a change in perception. So good. Yes. Yes and yes.
0: I think some of the men listening have heard the phrase, happy wife, happy life. And I think that is this most simplistic way to go, choose being happy versus choose being right. I think other people might phrase it sometimes as a pick your battles. Although this is also such a beautiful way to create perception shifts for people when they can look at it and go, mm, okay, got it. Like, am I also trying to seek what's right? Not seek what's right, but seek what I think is right in this situation. It's, I can't remember the name of it. It's an effect. For example, if you're shopping for a Jeep, all of a sudden, all you see are Jeeps. So it's almost that same thing of like, the brain wants to be right. So you're going to constantly seek out that information, right? It's almost like how we can go to Google and I can Google stuff, a pro or a con. If I said, oh, I've got a new water bottle and this is the best bottle. If that's what I want to find, i can go look it up on the Internet and someone somewhere is going to be saying it's the best bottle. And also, if I want it to not be the best bottle, I can look it up and somewhere someone's going to say it's not the best bottle. So it's what are we looking for, right? And so how do we shift that perspective and how do we see with new eyes? And that's such a beautiful piece of that practice and that teaching. I'm so interested in your work with the Ascended Masters. What have been some of the big epiphanies for you?
1: I have an interesting experience to share in terms of epiphany because I was praying to the Holy Spirit that I really wanted to, like I've been studying a Course in Miracles for 10 years at this point. And I said, you know, I I will continue this practice. I'm dedicated for life to this because it's changed me forever. However, I want, to uplevel or like expand or stay in the realm of it, but like look at something new. And I went to my favorite bookstore, which is no longer open on Melrose called The Bodhi Tree. And I used to have this little ritual where I would take myself to the Earth Cafe and, you know, buy myself lunch and go pick out a book or a book would pick me because they're known to like fall off the shelf there. And that's exactly what happened. It was an Elizabeth Clare prophet book called Transformations and alchemy, the teachings of the Ascended Master of St. Germain, and that was my first book. And one of the first things I read in that book said, when one invites the Holy Spirit for a period of time for everything and lives by that guidance, one becomes a true alchemist. I just started crying when I read that because it was just like, I can't make this up. And then my friend at the time who I did Taibo with, she used to be a Taibo instructor, and we were roommates and she really wanted to get the book. So we went back and did the whole ritual at the Earth Cafe. And there was this guy that was staring at us in his twenties and he kept trying to listen to our conversation. We were talking about how St. Germain teaches you can take orbital flight, cohesion, adhesion, and magnetism. So it's like light joining with light, joining with light. And that's how you fly. And so we were talking about, it and he was like leaning in and listening to us. Anyway, he got up and walked off. And then Somehow we met with him in the bookstore and she's like, he's waiting to talk to you. And he came over to me and he's like, hi. And I said, hi. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting a book from my friends. And he said, what book are you getting? I said, lessons on self-transformation and alchemy, the teachings of Saint Germain. He said, you mean Saint Germain. He corrected me as if it was his own name. Mm -hmm. The next day, this artist, Kimberly, who painted me, you've seen the painting, had mailed me the book autobiography of a yogi and we told her about this experience and she said was he young and we said yeah it was really young and she said did he smell like flowers and she's like all excited and and i'm like what is she asking these questions for and haley's like yes he reeked of pofri and she's like did you read the book i sent you and i said no and she opens hers and she reads this section that ascended masters can appear at all times as a young person They often smell like roses or flowers. And I felt like I had just embarked on this journey. And they say that Ascended Masters like to work with artists and scientists, you know, the astral realm, like we channel. And so I felt really drawn to that. And then I just got all of the Ascended Masters, I Am Discourses, and have read every single one of them. I'm writing a trilogy of films based on their teachings, actually, called The Mighty Seven. The first one is written. I think I sent it to you, actually. I have it. I've read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's just good. It's a child-like wonderment in all of us. I
0: yeah. think my
1: word right now is wonderment. To look at everything through the eyes of innocence and like a child and just be a mystery to myself. Like, I don't know. Because I feel like trying to know gets me into trouble. Yeah. So much of that, too,
0: is... How do we tap into there's knowing and then there's feeling, right? And how do we combine those in a way that says, oh, this is divine? This is divine. This is the divine message. And what am I supposed to do with it? I feel like a lot of us know. Sometimes we just need to be encouraged and reminded of what that is. I mean, it's beautiful. So some of our listeners today may not know about the book. So let's talk about it. Let's explain to them what that is. The I Am Discourses.
1: Yes. Okay. They're a series by Guy Ballard. And actually, the first one is Unveiled Mysteries, and then it goes into the magic presents, which are kind of like the alchemist Paul Coelho type stories with like powerful messages and beautiful teachings through the, the vehicle of the story. But the history is that told and unveiled mysteries because Guy is hiking on Mount Shasta, and he finds... Saint Germain, who's dressed like a Swedish hiker, very old school, and he offers him an elixir. And there have been many sightings I actually know of a person that knows of a person that had the same experience, which is just wild. Apparently, there's like 84 ascended master etheric retreats all over the planet, and they're like vortex energy centers and Mount Shasta is one of them. So ascended masters can, they surpass all human limitation they can raise and lower their vibrational frequency to be in 3D to help a person. And they can raise to like very, very high dimensions. I think Sanat Kumara is the highest in terms of the dimensions and teachings, even like above Jesus and Saint Germain. And they work with all of humanity and there's apparently inventions all over the planet that would save us if some catastrophe would happen. They're just hidden from greedy hands. Like It's just beautiful teachings to help us see things in a different light because, again, with the ancestral, we've all told the same story of terror and fear and war over and over again. And the message I'm getting from my ancestors and spirit guides is it's time to tell a new story. Yes, yes and yes. I think it's a great
0: reminder that we can all change our story at any time. We can make a shift. We can make a change. We can choose to see it from a different perspective. And there's so many, gosh, beautiful examples, even from my own life of like, how can I come out of, you know, something like breast cancer and say, I can choose to look at it in lots of ways. I can choose to look at it as this really negative thing, that it's terrible because it is pretty terrible. And. I got so many beautiful lessons in receiving. I got so many beautiful lessons in leveling up my health even more. I got such beautiful lessons in just leaning into my faith and just really trusting God through that time and going, yeah, this is full surrender. This is fully vulnerable showing up and still choosing joy every day, still choosing to be grateful, still choosing to go through this beautiful, wonderful life and also resolving that my time wasn't up yet. And so I think for all of those things and those reasons, like we get an opportunity to change our story. And I'm curious with our listeners today, how many of you out there know you have a story inside you and you just haven't shared it, or you have a story that you want to shift, but you just haven't made the choice to do it. I think what's really beautiful, Jen, is as someone who's an artist artists are so good at also taking other people's stories and helping them shift those stories or helping bring insight to those stories. And you do it so masterfully in your writing. And I'm really looking forward to reading more of your books and your works in the future because they are just so magical and they definitely have that touch of positivity in the world. I'd love for you to share What challenges have you come across? Because I imagine sometimes there's projects that show up that may not be fully aligned. So, how do you make decisions around picking the projects that you work on?
1: That's another great question because that's come up for me recently with some of the producing team that I'm working with right now. And it's based on what I want to bring to my own heart and bring to the world through my heart. And while I have no judgment against anyone that wants to create a horror film or whatever they want to create is up to them, I'm responsible for what I see in my world and I want to put love and inspiration and stories that aren't just love romantic stories, they're like self-love stories, they're self-awareness stories that have people feeling uplifted and planting seeds and wanting to kind of change their own story and do something wonderful for themselves. Because I feel like if we heal ourselves from within, that's what helps our planet heal. Across the board, it starts, like Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What would you say is your deepest
0: desire? You know, if someone came to you and said, Jen, I'm going to give you an unlimited carte blanche, whatever you want. Like, What would you be diving into in
1: terms of what you'd be putting on the screen? I would be telling tons of love stories, and I also was speaking to Nathan about this on a car ride the other day. I want to create a foundation for autistic children to maybe be filmmakers or artists or musicians. That's my desire is to bring those underserved voices. That's why I created Film Forward. An autistic child might not have a great chance at having their film made, but like if we had the right foundation, they could. It might be an Oscar winning film too at that. So with that said, I want to give people like that the opportunity to come forward and tell a story, like a new story, like what I'm talking about. That would be the prerequisite. I want to put love into the world. It's a story about love. It's a story about inspiration, forgiveness, hope, you know, and the most awful of times because those are the kind of stories that help us get through our own challenging moments. We go back to them again and again, at least I do. How many times have I put on this same movie when I'm like in a certain mood and I'm like, I know that if I go and watch this movie, you know, I'm going to like, feel inspired again and feel like, okay, I can get back up and do this again. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that's the beauty of storytelling, right? Of being able to inspire people, inspire them to feel again, inspire them to fall in love, inspire them to remember what it's like to be in love, inspire them to be kind, inspire them to be in the holiday spirit, whatever it is. I appreciate that you have that talent and also pour that gift into uh, the work that we do here. So Thanks for that. It really is beautiful. And you have such a diverse background and it's amazing. And I'm just in awe of being able to sit here in the grandstand and also watch and sometimes come down and participate with you in this little walk called life. Well, everyone, thank you again, Jen, for being on the show. I appreciate you so much. For those of you looking to connect with Jen, you can check the show notes on ways to connect with her and tune in next week for a new episode. And until then, may abundance always walk beside you. May joy always go before you and may love always guide you on your path. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at www.maryd.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at The Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at vmaryd and just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page.